good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Paul Webb, I'm the founder of B2B Energy and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Energy Speaks Back interviews energy experts from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 29 of Energy Speaks Back. Weekly, I present to you experts from around the world, and today we are back in the UK, where I'm interviewing an award-winning business coach. My purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver savings that impact on our planet. My guest today is a coach with Action Coach with the reputation of getting the best out of businesses. He focuses on profitability and business valuation. So without any further ado, I give you Tim Brown. Good afternoon, Tim, and how are you today? Uh, Paul, I'm great. Good afternoon. Yeah, very good. How are you? I'm very well. And we're both in the UK. Actually, I'm I'm looking at your window. It looks like it's more sunnier there than where we are. Whereabouts are you? The trick of the curtains, I think, Paul. It's, um, I'm down in Guildford, so it's, it's just a bit cloudy. Right. Bit cloudy. Early spring day. Let's, let's, yeah. let's be charitable and call it that. I, I've got a nice grey rainy day today, so it's uh, not too good. You've been working with Action Coach for many years. We've met yep. through BNI. Can you give us some background to uh, yourself as a person and you know, where you've come from in, on your journey? Um, yeah, so I, I, I started off a million miles away from all this type of stuff, a, a little market town called Stamford in Lincolnshire, um, up in the Midlands, um, and probably took a bit of a weird route into all of this in that and I, I joined the city as an 18-year-old, you know, sort of the, the, in, in the back office, the lowest of the low, pretty much, um, and by fluke ended up in an industry in stockbroking for a firm called SG Warburg. Um, that was kind of like the Manchester United, I guess, of stockbroking firms back then. And just by fluke, ended up at a place that really believed in promoting from within. Um, so took my exams, just got my head down. Um, I, I was lucky that a couple of influential people got me under their wing. Um, ended up on the Warburg's graduate trainee scheme. And it all just sort of went from there. So I ended up with a, having a fabulous career in the city of, of, of over 20 years before coaching. Right. And then what led you then into the coaching side um it's a really good question there is no one in my family tree that's got any type of entrepreneurial background at all I was, after my sister i'm probably the second person in my family to wear a suit to work um so i don't know where it came from but all i can say is i'd reached the level where the next steps up in the city were kind of senior management position running trading firms running trading floors um and I just had no interest in it. What I wanted to do was run a business. I don't know where that came from. I just got absolutely no idea. Um, and so the big question was, what type of business am I going to run? And I went round and round thinking about all sorts of stuff while carrying on my, my career. Um, and eventually just got to the point of realizing that the, the thing I know most about that I'm most passionate about is why businesses work and are profitable and are rewarding and fun and valuable. Um, and uh, by hook, by crook, ended up getting from that to business coaching, which I'd never heard of. Um, wow. And, and it, it sprang up. And the more it's one of those things, the more you look at it, the more it made sense to me. Um, I just thought this is it. This is the way forward. So that was probably 11 years ago. Um, and haven't looked back. So have you been with Action Coach for 11 years? 
it'll be I don't, it's, it's um I joined eventually I had a good long look at it as you can expect it's a big commitment yeah. um I had a couple of other options of starting a coaching firm with with a couple of people I knew business wise um and eventually sort of for a variety of reasons went the action coach route in I guess tail end of 2011 so coming up for my 10-year anniversary at the end of this year wow yeah that's, that's a significant amount of time to be running your own business as well anything over 10 years and everything you learn in your action coaching you train is that everything that you've also put into your business um yes yeah, so, uh, fair point on 10 years you, you're at 15 aren't you so it's um yeah. you know i think the the, the failure rates even yeah, I've, got, you... I've got a lot more gray hair than you well i don't and know that, I, I, think, I think this camera angle is quite flattering paul you know <laughs> you, can't, you can't see that a lot of it's just stuck on but it's um, uh, i think as a coach you've got to be authentic um it's, it's my first rule to be authentic and uh, you know you want a chef to eat their own food don't you so um, I've got a coach uh, who, who doesn't take it easy on me and make sure that I'm not uh, doing one thing and, and saying another. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, it's been a, a massive help to me and particularly during the last year, you know, the, the, the support we've given each other as coaches with an action coach through what's been quite a tricky period over the last 12 yeah. months. It certainly had some, yeah, some tough times has been just absolutely invaluable. So for me, when I look at business coaching, is it best to start off from day one or do you find more reward when you've come into a business after it's been running for a period of time? When's the right time for you to engage? God, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought of it like that. See, I, I, I think what I probably have found is that on balance, I think, and this is a personal judgment, I wouldn't expect other coaches to necessarily agree with what I'm going to say, but for, for my money, on balance, I think it's easier to find my fees in a bigger business. Right. Um, you know, you think about it, you've got a business that might be turning over 2 million quid on 350 grand's worth of net profit. It's going to be a lot easier to find your annual fees. You know, you've got to budge that business by maybe 20%. You've made a massive difference compared to a business turning over 300 grand on 20% margins. So um, the flip side of that is the more established businesses, the more established practices, you've got more people that you've got to try and turn around and get facing in the same direction. The smaller business, you can you know, changes just happen overnight, and it can really springboard fast. So, I'm not sure there's a straight answer to that one, but it's a great question. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the reason why I said it, so my vision and the reason why I've invited you, thank you for coming to uh, sort of for me to being the hot seat and, and being spotlighted with us today. And the reason for that, people are going to say, why is Paul Webb in you know interviewing an action coach person today on the business coach? But the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm teaching people how to do energy management, okay? But at the same time, I'm teaching them how to be commercial-minded and how to run their own businesses because I want them to be sustainable. I want energy managers, energy experts to be able to come out and, and be able to manage their business long-term and be sustainable because we've got a big job to do. There's a big task for the energy expert to reduce kilowatt hours, reduce the emissions, and drive down the emissions for, you know, to save our planet, basically. These are the, the, the goals that I'm setting myself. And my mission, my mission is to bring all these experts around the world, holding hands, sharing knowledge. And if that means sharing knowledge, so we had James Newell on the show recently. He talked about salt. You know, you can't, it's hard to sell energy because you can't see it, you can't touch it, even though every organisation uses it. So I want to then introduce the action coach element and people like yourself to come on and, and 
we talk about business and and how easy it is to manage your business and the steps we can take and the processes. It's really and, and James Neal's great, isn't he? Um, it, it's great to be on. I have to say, the, it's, it's really interesting you say this because I was, I was thinking about this yesterday afternoon, um, just ahead of this call, and I was thinking about you know the, uh, a lot of your content, the words that um, I associate with you is things like sustainability, and actually there's parallels in the lot. You know, and it's one of the things that really stood out to me about action coaches. One of the things that appealed to me and connected with me because I think certainly in my city days there was this, uh, and maybe there's a bit of it now still, but there, there, there was this feeling that you almost had to choose between being profitable or being a good person that the profitability was kind of this a thing all to itself and that was the whole point of everything so you just get these you know i saw a video with simon sinek talking about um uh different types of economists and the, and, and the fact that businesses got rewarded for for example laying off a whole load of staff in order to hit their earnings targets they got rewarded through increased share price and increased valuations now that just doesn't sit with me. It doesn't, it sticks in my craw a bit. I don't think it's sustainable. Um, and what I loved about the way the action coach go about the business of business, if you like, um, is that is that actually what they get is it's about sustainability. It's not sustainable as a business owner to work 70 hours a week. It's not sustainable for your health. It's not sustainable for your, for your family. It's not sustainable for your, your team, really, or your customers. It's not sustainable to flog every single inch off the backs of your team and, and to just sack the ones that are falling behind and, and treat customers like mini pigs. It's just not sustainable. So what Action Coach are coming from, and, and this is just where I just fell into lockstep with them, I guess, is business is really about, about creating a product you're proud of, number one. Business is about creating a, a, a sort of community of clients that you are loyal to, that they are loyal to you. And, and thirdly, it's about creating a team underpinned by systems and management and leadership that makes that team run. Now, if you, if you get those things in lockstep and working, then the sweet spot is decent margins, decent profitability. You get as the business owner the dividends you deserve and an increased business valuation. And this third thing, which is pride in what you've created. And that's what, what drives me on. If it's just about profitability, I think I'd have got a bit jaded of it by now in the same way that I've got a bit jaded working in the city. That was just about money. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the idea of, of creating something that's a bit better than that, you know, that has a bit of legacy um, that uh, I think is a, a common factor that we both share from sort of different ways of viewing that word of sustainability. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say another thing is there's profit with integrity. That is one of my sayings that, um, you know, someone we used to do, you know, say that when, when I set up a business, Back in 2000 and, and um, you know, 2009, we started running that business, and it was always profit with integrity. And you know, some of the things we can do in, as energy managers, we can recommend technologies, you know, which mm. are right for us because this, you know, we can make good profits on on installing that particular technology, for instance. But it isn't necessarily the right product to be using for that client. So all the products I've always used have always got the integrity because they're the right product to be putting in front of the client. Like when we look at brokering energy, for instance, we always broker the right contract for the right organization because it's the right thing for them. We don't go and find the best product to put in there because it's the right one for us because we know we're going to get the maximum amount of commission from it or whatever, however that's been approached. 
So it's all about profit with integrity and doing the right thing for your for the client. And at the same, same time, being able to sleep at night and, and know you've done the right thing. hundred percent. And it's, um, you know, I think, I think maybe in my city days, I, I, I thought, is it even possible, you know, to, to, to outperform in terms of profitability and to retain that sense of integrity? Because there weren't that many role models running businesses that, that could prove that case. Um, and I think one of, one of the things I pick up from the way that you run your business and, and you just see it more and more, um, is that actually using integrity as a route to increase profitability? Yeah. Um, and it's it, I, I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't believe in being ring, you know, pushed into a polar world where you have to choose integrity or profitability. I think there's a route that merges the two. I always um, find the more times I do the right thing, the more opportunities I get to do the right thing. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And there, there was a quote I came across the other way. I can't remember whose it was, but it's a variation of the, the Arnold Palmer quote about the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yes. Um, and I think it, it was to the intense, it was along the lines that you, you can engineer luck. And I think you can engineer, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about. You, you work hard you, 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 and, and you get more opportunities. You act with integrity, you get more opportunities. There's, it, yeah. it's, it can be scary, I think, when you start a business and you're starting from zero and a blank piece of paper um you know to trust that that is the right route forward because it's not necessarily as quick no. as other routes but what i've found it's 100 percent the right thing to do you know for everyone i've coached um it's 100 percent the right thing to do and the types of businesses you've coached um service or product or a bit of both uh, all across the piece i mean I, I, i've my, my coach has tried to get me to settle into a micro niche on a number of occasions. In, in my city days, I started a recruitment consultancy and scaled it up and then sold it when I became a coach just before. Um, and I, I've coached lots of recruitment consultancies over the years, especially in medical. Um, and so on, on a number of times, it's like, you know, specialize in that, be the recruitment coach. Um, but one of the reasons I'm very well suited to what I do is I'm, I'm a generalist by nature. I like variety. I feed off variety. It's where I get my energy. Um, and so I love the fact that I'll have a coaching session with a, you know, someone running a, a painting and decorating firm and then, and then with someone running a software firm straight afterwards. I absolutely love it. Um, and I, th I think actually you do get a lot of ideas that you can take from one industry and put into a completely different industry exactly. with a bit, of, a bit of a tweak. It can sometimes just fire up this inspiration. Yeah. Um, and for me, there's there's a boredom factor of specializing but actually i think i'd be doing my clients a disservice just by becoming more limited is the way i'd view it rather than niched so literally or every sector i think now over 10 years probably so it's, it's fabulous right that's good that's good i also find is i call them my best practices so you know how you go about employing a person doesn't matter the organization you're working in how you manage that person again it doesn't matter it's like when i go and do an energy assessment I don't care what that building does. I don't care if it's a hospital, church. I say church because it's always on my list. Premiership football club, um, a commercial building. They've all got front door, staircase, people in the building. Well, people is the biggest common denominator, you know. So they've all got the same things. It's like, you know, I'm not undermining the coach side of it, but that's what they've got. They've got all got the same aspects. They've all got a CEO, maybe, or a managing director, a finance department, sales team operations so you can yeah. generalize and why not why should we reinvent the wheel which is another one of my favorite sayings 
Absolutely. I, I, a phrase I think I probably use a bit um, is it makes sense to. You know, if, if you're going to engage in a marketing channel, a marketing activity, it makes sense to keep track of what you get out of that marketing activity and what you put into it. It makes sense to read a couple of books to see if where you are on the scale of best practice. It makes sense to then um, trial a couple more and, and see you know, which ones are, are, are doing best. It makes sense to do all those things, but quite often we you know, left to our own devices, the typical business owner wouldn't simply because there's just too many distractions. If we had two guys on the call with us now, one was just setting up a business and one was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot more later. So this is just to get you in the mood for it. So you've got right two guys in the room now, one's just starting his business and one's already been running his business for say two or three years. Where, where do you start with each of that? Is the starting point with them the same point? Well, that's really interesting. Um, have, you, have you read a book called The E-Myth? No, but I've seen it. I don't know where I've seen it, but yes. My, Michael Gerber's the, the book. Michael Gerber's The E-Myth. It's one, one of the few books, probably one of 10 books that I'd recommend to everybody. Um, it's just, it, it stands for the entrepreneurial myth. And it's the idea that when you start a business, you're not really an entrepreneur yet. All you've done is create your own job. And the first step is to make that job profitable. And then if you wish to grow a business after that. Um, so I'd recommend everyone read that because it, 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 if, if your desire is to grow more than a job, it'll put you on that path. And if your desire is just to grow a job, which is perfectly fine, it will give you some hints about how to set that up properly. I think to someone just starting out, I think I'd just say, go for it. Just do it. It's a, it's a brilliant thing to do. Starting a business yeah, yeah. is one of the biggest, boldest, bravest, awesomest things you can do with your time. You know, it's the backbone of our economy. And just, just be passionate about what you do. I think one thing I learned as a coach the hard way in the first couple of years um, is that 99% self-belief in yourself is not enough. You know, if you can't be passionate about yourself other people and, and and believe in yourself other people are going to struggle it will come out in your choice of words phrases in your marketing in your website copy and your conversation so i think my advice would be go for it 100 percent. don't copy other people be yourself there's only one you i know that's almost a cliche amongst sort of people that try and sort of feed good out there but there is only one yourself don't fail trying to copy be, be, being somebody else give it a massive lash um Create a product you're really proud of um, and go and find people that, that that product is valuable for. Yeah. And there's 7 billion people in the world. I'm sure there's going to be enough people out there. Because you don't need many, do you? You don't need many customers out there. It's, it's one of the things that, that, that um, I crystallized a message at the beginning of, of lockdown is that let's say the economy falls by 5% or 10%. You know, most of the people I'm speaking to have got a market share of less than half a percent. Yeah. You, you can buck that trend through accurate and clear, and energetic and passionate marketing of your message to the right people. Um, I think for a business that's a couple of years in, I mean, to me, business is all about, if, if, if you think of business like a spiral more than a chart, and on each loop of the spiral, you've, you've only got the same basic challenges, which is how do you generate new customers? How do you turn them into fans? Um, how do you uh, introduce more people into your team? How do you keep them organized through systems and management? 
how do you lead uh, which is all wrapped up in how do you how do you manage your own energy and passion and focus so that people are looking to you and they get the right signal right so that, that on each loop of the spiral that's all you've got five basic challenges now to my mind the the steeper your spiral grows the more that these challenges challenges need revisiting so when you're first starting out as a one-man band you could probably grow a one-man band through joining a bni chapter or another networking chapter a couple of other bits and bobs once you've got 10 employees then you're probably going to need five marketing strategies and constantly introducing a new one every six months to a year and ditching one and just moving that forward you're into that territory where business is actually all about buying back time for less than the value you can create with that time so with, with someone a couple of years in, I'd, I'd be thinking, well, if you've got a customer base, if you've got some profitability, if you've got some cash flow, you're probably really busy. How are we going to start buying back your time in order that you can continue your real job, which is plotting the sustainability of that business? Yeah. Either finessing it if you don't want it to grow or putting in place the tools for growth elsewhere. So when you ignore those signs of problems like customer complaints go up, that's a that's a sign that you've grown too quickly and you're not looking after people. Your growth spiral is going to flatten. When you put in place proactive solutions, your growth spiral can steepen. Um, so I think a couple of years in, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be thinking the conversation might be more about buying back time and proactive right. fixing of things necessarily than, than getting that message right at the beginning. And how do we balance the working in the business rather than working on the business? Whether I said it around the right way. You know, I know what you mean. How do, we, how do we do that? Like, for instance, I'm I spend. In fact, I work on the business a lot, and then I'll then I'll be working in the business. How do we balance that? Is there a balance? Should we be looking to balance that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's got to be, hasn't it? Um, and you know, if if you were having lunch with someone that runs a five million pound turnover business and they've got um, someone in charge of sales, someone in charge of marketing, someone in charge of ops, they've got a bookkeeper in house and all this type of good stuff. They're going to have a lot more time to work on the business, to think, you know, to get that creative thinking space about where are we going to go next? They're going to have a lot more time than the average one man band. Yeah. You know, the average one man band can't put aside a couple of afternoons a week for strategic thinking. There's just, there's not enough time to do that. Um, the challenge I would, I would give people is thinking about your to-do list in terms of what's the stuff on there that's urgent and what's the stuff on there that's important. And important stuff tends to be things that will make life better in the future. So a great example of an important task would be, we're talking before we, we started this, about content creation. That's the type of thing where if you don't do it by the end of the week, nothing bad's going to happen. But equally, nothing great is going to happen in terms of building your audience, your credibility and, and your reputation. So to me, working on the business is making time each and every day for something that is important in nature rather than urgent. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that leads to growth. That, that, that's uh, just a question of discipline and focus. Yeah, it is about discipline and doing, doing these things that need to be done on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Focus... Don't focus on the things that you like doing all the time as well. That's a, that used to be one of my problems. I used to, well, I like doing that. So, you know, if a client sent me data, I'd spend all afternoon focusing on the data, which is important, but I like doing it. I like playing with Excel and I like working with it when I should be doing 
other things and I can be doing that at another time. Yeah. So it is about balancing the things that you don't like doing as well. Cause you know, no one likes to do bookkeeping. No, no one likes to just update their expenses or whatever. Yeah, they pile up, you know, and you know, the days of going to your accountant with a, with a shoebox full of receipts have gone yes. it's electronic nowadays. Well, did, you don't like doing that. This is why your question is so interesting because, you know, you sort of say, well, what advice would you give to someone that's you know, just starting on what, two years in or, or four years? We're all different. So you and I both will have things that we find easy and things that we find hard, but they're probably not the same things. No. But what we both share in common is left to our own devices, unchallenged either by ourselves or by an external factor, a coach or a mentor or whatever. What we will probably do is when we come up against something that we find sufficiently difficult, we'll take refuge in a task that is not skiving, but it's not really central to the mission. And that's when you can find yourself, I don't know, playing around with a spreadsheet or yeah. doing something that really, it, it does, it's not making a big contribution to moving exactly. the business forward. And it is, if you're going to be really harsh, it's that kind of busy, full mentality where you're just, you're, you're avoiding the bigger stuff. Yeah. Um, and I find that with my team as well around me where, I would say to them, look, wait, uh, today, I think I'm in business coach mode because I've got all these business words in my head. I don't like reinventing the wheel. No. So I'll create something and then I'll give it to my team and then they'll recreate it. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't want you to do that. I wanted you to, to move that on to the next level. I've given you the basics. Let's move it on. Don't recreate what I've already done. It's that side of it as well. Because, and so when you're looking at your own business, it's the other people doing that. So you've got to be thinking for them as well because you don't want them to do the same thing. Yeah. And but we're human beings, aren't we, at the end of the day? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's going to be these imperfections. An analogy I came up with ages ago, it's a bit like saying that you like gardening, but you don't like weeding. It just, it just comes with the territory. Get used to it. You know, that's yeah. part of the job. Um, and, and sure, become better at, I don't know, putting mulch down so the weeds don't grow as much. We're at the edge of my gardening knowledge now, by the way, Paul. But it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's treading that line in a business, isn't it? Between, you know, say for that example, by your team fitting around like that, they may inadvertently find a better way of doing it, which is great. Or they may just waste a load of time, which is not so great. Um, and this is why I love business at ground level because nothing's ever just quite as simple as it might seem in theory that everything needs applying and bending into shape for that particular business I think for me that's the challenge of it yeah. talking about business and the history of business has it changed obviously yeah, we've gone through a pandemic and everyone's gone yeah, we talked about this earlier regarding not needing the office space and things but has businesses changed you like you as a an action coach, you have to keep up to date with all the different types. Are we seeing big involvement regarding business and, and the training and coaching? Is that changing? Oh, has it changed? I mean, I, I, I like to think I've changed a lot as a coach. I like, I like to think I'm, I'm much better than I was last year, let alone 10 years ago. Um, is, so I, I think business is changing in terms of the tools that you can use. You know, we're looking at some of the bits of software that are available now, like my cash flow story for, you know, it just shines a spotlight on exactly how much cash a business is generating and how to drive it forward. You know, tools like that were the preserve of just the, the major banks 10 years ago. Yeah. And now anyone can get access to them, you know, and, and any business can see 
right, those are my seven levers of cash flow. If I move those numbers from A to B, this is how much cash would spit out the other end. Access to that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, was just, you know, you just wouldn't even dream of it. So I think business is changing in terms of the resources. Yeah. The problem is I don't think lack of knowledge is the primary reason why people don't do stuff. I think it's, I think it's an excuse people fall back on. So actually, even if you can have all the knowledge in the world, but you've still got to get around the, the fact that some people find doing stuff hard and you've got to help them get past that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Um, Tim, you, um, you book, you, you've got like a book club you run. You still running your book club? Yeah, it's, it's, it's turned into one of my favourite events to the month. I absolutely love it. Right. Well, give us. Uh, you, so I'm going to be honest with you. I know where I heard that book, Emith. You told me about it, I think, on our last meeting, because we always talk about books and what books we should be reading. We do. You're a big reader I'm, like I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that was one of the books. So is there any particular book? Well, not, there's one book you should be reading. That's Becoming an Energy Expert, which was written by myself. Naturally. Um, that should be on the list. But is there any books on the list that, and I don't, I'm not replacing the coach with the book. I think they, no. they complement that. Is there any particular books that you can just rattle off now that are of value to people to pick up and start reading? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say it's, um, I would never think that reading a book would replace a coach. I think it's, I think it's the hallmarks of someone that would get a lot out of a coach um, because once, once you've got the idea, you've then got to implement the idea, and that's when things get fun. Um, what I reckon, I, I love the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, it's, uh, I only read it about nine, six, nine months ago, and I read it and thought, oh, I'd love to have written that book. It's right up my street. It's just the way I think about business. And, and so if you run a, a decent-sized business, like a half million quid up, definitely read that book. It, it's just like a, a blueprint of, of all of the universe of stuff that you could be doing in your business, really crystallized down into some, in, in, into a really simple index. I think that's fabulous. Um, uh, I loved um, uh, They Ask You Answer by Mark Sheridan. Right. I, just, I just thought, you know, as, as you know, a, a lot of content marketing can be just uh, someone just there with a megaphone um, shouting into the ether. Um, and what Marcus, I thought, really encapsulated is what's on the other side of that? What are people listening to? And what do they want to listen to? So I thought Marcus's book was brilliant. Um, a golden oldie for mood. I'd, I, I still love um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think that's a fabulous yeah, yeah. book. And the With modern that. version of that is How to Be Brilliant by um, our good friend Michael Heppel, um, which is a fabulous book. Um, if you want to think about things like habits, uh, atomic habits by, uh, yeah, by James yeah, Clear. That's, is, on my, that's on my read list at the moment. It's just a fabulous book. And I would link that with Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith. I think those two books just go hand in hand. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good starting point. I mean, there's, there's probably, I don't know, I'm up into the, into the several hundreds of books read. Um, and on my preferred list, I've, I've got about, we'll have to compare a list one day. I've, I've, I've got sort of a good 30 books that I just think stand the test of time. They're just brilliant, yeah. but it's so individual. Yeah. Um, I still don't get it right all the time. If I recommend a book to a client, sometimes they do come back and say, look, I just hate I, it. As you know, I'm, <laughs> you never I'm know. reading a lot of Daniel Priestley books at the moment. I'm, I'm a great follower of him. 
yeah, oversubscribed and key personal influence, two really, yeah. really good books. Yeah. Yeah, I've read read both those books. Well, I'm halfway through the, the um, oversubscribed books and it's quite amazing to, uh, some so much takeaways in there. So on the subject of takeaways, um, I like to put my guests on the spot. Fabulous. <laughs> I normally give a little bit of a hint away, but is there anything that you can give away today as a takeaway for our audience um, regarding their business and going forward? Is there anything you in in the Tim Brown Tim Brown sort of pages as such that you can give back? Really interesting. Uh, do, you, do you want the pragmatic answer or the <laughs> um, the emotion in a nutshell answer? Emotion, a bit of both. I like the emotion in the nutshell side. The, the, the pragmatic answer is uh, make very is, is 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 be brutal with your time. If you're not, other people will steal it. And therefore, uh, when you're not providing your product or service, you should be mark speaking to potential clients. When you're not speaking to potential clients, you should be marketing. And stuff like bookkeeping and admin and all that sort of stuff should go outside of your working day. And that segregates it really nicely, so you can then allocate, you can outsource that to a to a virtual PA quickly. And that's that's gets you rolling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of my pragmatic advice. The the emotions in a nutshell. I think people buy certainty. People buy the courage of your convictions. Work hard on your mindset to develop a a um, a cast iron certainty in the merits of what you do and the way you do it, and allow that to feed into everything you do because it's. It, the idea of failure doesn't scare me anymore. Maybe I'm getting a little bit older and into my fifties, but I would, I would just, especially to younger people, just say, don't be scared of failure. The thing to be scared of is trying something and failing whilst impersonating somebody else. That's a tougher pill to follow, but I'm, I'm a big believer in the resilience of the human spirit. And if you, if you give it an absolute lash, this game of business in, in a way that's authentic to yourself and you really do go for it and you fail, you'll come back from that. And it could well be the makings of what you do next. So, yeah, in a nutshell, just that that spirit of utter conviction in what you're doing, that certainty, harness that. And just touching on that, failing on actually doing something. If you don't do something, you, you, you can't oh. fail, if you know what I mean. You've got to, don't fail to not do it, fail doing it. Don't yeah, the, the, uh, a, a great... Um, colleague of mine Marco Suarez down on in, in Hampshire um, it, it was him that I first got the the quote from to always uh, replace anxiety with activity you know po positive thinking without positive action is just a waste of time you get positively nothing um, yeah. it is about activity it's about targeted activity um, which loops you back into that when you're not delivering your product you should be speaking to potential customers when you're not doing that you should be marketing um, and and if you rack up that activity with a degree of certainty you'll get what you want Brilliant. Well, Tim, I sort of like all shivery a little bit listening to you talking about <laughs> your passion. You can feel the passion that you've got regarding being, you know, the, the entrepreneurial side of the action coach and what you're delivering. I really recommend that someone looks at looks you up. Your details will be on our, our LinkedIn when we advertise this today to come and look you up and, and sit down and have a one-to-one -one with you. And I'm sure you would share um, just to get to know you. But you know, I've known you now for, oh, it's over 12 months, believe it or not, from that, from that time. We've only, yeah. met, we've only met the once in person. We've had quite a few Zoom calls. 
we, we, we'll be doing it over the summer. Um, fingers yes. crossed, God willing. Um, fingers crossed, we'll be uh, after we've all had our jabs and uh, we're all allowed out as such. It'd be great to catch up. So, Tim, thank you very much for coming. Um, I'd like to wish you well with your, your entrepreneurial approach and your action coach, your book club, etc., and what you're doing. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, it's been great. It's been good. I appreciate having me on. As, as always, it's just great to chat to you. It's great yeah. to catch up. And I must say, you be safe, you and your family. Yeah, you too. Take care, mate. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And thank you to my special guest. And if you want to know more about managing your third largest expense, please go to our website on b2benergy.co.uk. That leaves me with one more thing to say. Be safe.